OPN Ask an Angel podcasts are conversations with global angel investors and venture capitalists. We explore how to invest, understanding investment strategies, and approaches to due diligence. Join us and learn what it takes to be a startup or what it takes to invest in the next great company. Welcome to the Supporters Fund Ask an Angel. I'm your host, Jeffrey Podvin. Let's welcome our investor for today, which is Devish Chawla. Amazing to have you here today, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Well, the way we like to start is if you can give us a little bit of insight around your background, where you've come from. I know you have some really amazing stories, so I'm hoping we can get right into those ones because uh, those are pretty exciting. But maybe we'll hold off those stories, just share a little bit more about your background, kind of where you're at today. And then one thing about you that nobody will know, and then we're going to dive into some of those stories. Perfect. So uh, I have done my engineering in computers, then I've done my MBA in finance, after which I've picked up a job in a company called Client Associates, where I used to manage ultra h money. So I used to uh, invest for people in debt, equity in India and the overseas market and manage their complete finances. I did that for five and a half years before I decided I would start something on my own, which was uh, in the year 2014, 15, when I decided to start something, uh, I started that. It's been now six and a half years uh, in that journey. Been very interesting. Uh, have worked with over 1,050 plus startups. Uh, have been investing into quite a few in the last few years. Uh, have exited some. Uh, some In some of them, I have got around 8x multiple of an exit. Uh, in one of them, it's a shutdown. So there have been ups and downs in the investments that's been happening. But yeah, that's been my journey uh, with the startup ecosystem. Uh, so that that's about me. Uh, bagged multiple uh, accolades in the startup ecosystem, not only in India, but overseas as well. Uh, yes, so that's about me, what I've been doing. And one thing that no one would, uh, very few people know about me, it's not that no one would know about me, uh, it's a little different uh, side of me where I, I love to recite a lot of poems, which is Hindi poems. It's called Shairi in Hindi. So where, where I'm sitting with friends uh, over a drink or just having a great evening time. So those Hindi poems is called Shairi that start coming out. So yeah, very few people know about that. Amazing. And I'm going to look this up. It's called Shailing? Yes. S-H-A-Y-A-R-I. I'm going to look this up. That's amazing. It's kind of like reciting off uh, old movie lines or uh, telling jokes. You have your own little way of connecting with people and you do that through the, the poems. Right. Uh, that's brilliant. I love it. Well, we're going we're gonna to kind of keep into that context for a second. We're going to do a couple more. I've been building new segments into how we, how we explore the investors. So we're going to jump sure. into some rapid fire personal questions, and then we're going to okay. jump stories. So here we go. First question, book or a movie? Book. Superman or Batman? Superman. Pizza pop or ice cream bar? Pizza pop. Five Minutes with Bezos or Oprah? Bezos. Yankees or Blue Jays? Yankees. Bike or rollerblades? Rollerblades. Big Mac or Chicken McNuggets? Big Mac. Trophy or money? Both. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love it. I'm, uh, I'm going to keep modifying these questions and try to bring more humor into them, but uh, I, I like it. That's uh, all great answers. Um, so we're going to go a little bit back into your past. And I think that there's some really great stories that I've read and heard uh, through the, the world of the internet. But to start off, maybe give us a little bit of an understanding of when you first, when you finished up school, uh, you had a bit of a drive, you wanted to do something. How did that story work out? And maybe that will that's where we'll start. Jump into that, please. Surely. So while I finished my MBA in finance, I had an idea, which was which is quite 
similar to what Uber has been doing today. Uh, so when I wanted to start this off, I thought, how do I begin? So I need, needed some stepping stone. So I actually went and met a few guys uh, who were in the business of tours and travels. They had more than 400 plus fleet of cabs under them, which they were operating. So I thought I should go and discuss the idea with them and take some insights that how do I kickstart this? So when I went to them, uh, so they said that, you know what, you should stay out of this only because it does not look as simple and as easy as it is. So at that point of time, Uber was not a concept that was understood by anyone in India. Uh, so my concept was not similar. It was similar to, it was not same as Uber, but similar to Uber. Of course, there were a little bit uh, changes that had to be done to make it more sustainable for which I needed some guidance. So I reached out to them. So they said, it's not fit for you because currently the way things are getting operated in India, you need a lot of political connections. You need to have the right set of people you're working with because what may happen is tomorrow when you start your business, there are a lot of cartels of cabs in the country. And if they come to know that you've started something on your own, they might start vandalizing your cars, harming you as well. So this is not a business that is done by people of your kind. There's people who have a lot of muscle power to pull this off. So I thought maybe he does not want to guide me. So I moved to somebody else. Uh, so I went to his office. I seek advice from, again, whenever I'm meeting these guys, it was through uh, some reference through which I was meeting them. Of course, hence they were entertaining and having a dialogue with me. So the second office that I went to, that person too had a fleet of say 300 plus cabs under him. And that day apparently his office uh, was broken. There were glasses shattered on the floor. So while we were discussing, you know, he told me that, you know, your Devesh, your idea is good, but you know, you can't pull this off. I'll tell you why. You look at my office today, you see there are glasses shattered, there are things broken. It's just because one of my drivers had a spat with the local uh, political party in Mumbai. And these guys came and they broke my office. And he's like, but I'm pretty cool with it. It happens daily in our business. It will take two days for me to set this up and running. And this is how we run our business. So we are pretty okay. My boys go and break their offices too. So, you know, it's something we can manage. But a person like you who comes from a decent family, who has a well-educated background, you may not be able to pull all of this. So stay out. So I said, fair. So now two people had discouraged me whom... I thought could be my source of inspiration and could actually help me to take this up. Uh, but then I went to another couple of people and everyone was discouraging. So I thought that's not, I don't think it's fit for me. Maybe I should pick up a nice cushy job, be happy. So I picked up a, a wealth management profile where I was one of the youngest private bankers of the country, uh, managing ultra h and money, advising them on their uh, investments, telling them where to invest, how to do that. That was giving me a great high because the kind of people that people come to advice were taking advice from me and my company on how to uh, grow their money. So I was pretty happy. I was drawing a very handsome salary. I was happy with that. I was enjoying my work role. I, I couldn't ask for anything better. The life was all set, like a dream job, dream pay, everything going very well. But in the year 2013-14, a similar company got set uh, got set up in India and got recognized as a company which has a valuation of 1,000 crore, which is uh, uh, say close to say 0.2 to 0.3 billion dollars, which at that point of time was quite a decent amount of money. And I'm like the person who started this business. He is of similar age groups, similar background, similar concept. And if he can enter, enter into a 1,000 crore club at the 1000 crore valuation why couldn't i so I, I kept thinking on it and i realized that there is a huge gap in the ecosystem where there are not enough entrepreneurs mentors and investors on the same platform at that point of time it struck me that should i do something like this because i didn't get a support while i wanted to start something on my own could i create a support system for the entrepreneurs of our country at that point of time it was like once bitten twice shy I didn't have the guts to actually quit my job and start something on my own. So at that point of time, I reached out to my cousin who was then the CEO of uh, D-Labs, which, which is the incubator of ISB Hyderabad. So ISB Hyderabad is one of the top 50 B schools of the world. So when he was the CEO there, I reached out to him. I asked him, that, this is what I'm thinking. What do you feel? Should I pursue this? 
So he's like, you know, what they wish. There are a lot of people who are doing this uh, in bits and pieces. But what you are thinking is quite holistic. So maybe you should give it a shot uh, and see how it turns out. So for me, that moral support was more than enough. So while I was working in my company, I should spend my evenings trying to help entrepreneurs with either investors, with mentors, and try to see if I could build this ecosystem. And eventually, I thought I was getting successful in it. So then in the year 2015, I put down my papers, started Chatur Ideas, which is the name of my firm, worked with over 1,050 startups as of date, have more than 1,500 plus investors from India and US put together, personally have invested into multiple companies uh, on my own over the last so many years. And that's how the journey started. And that's where we are today. I love it. And what I'm looking to explore today is all about this because uh, we do a lot of interviews and talks. And one of the things that we don't normally dive into is what does it take to be an entrepreneur? And what do you have? What are the things that you go through? And as you're sharing that story, so many stories in my head are raveling around about all of the things that I had gone through in my journey as an entrepreneur and an investor. And it's very similar to yourself where you have this great idea, you start to build it or you get in front of people and they come and they backlash against you. And now today, after all of these different types of experiences, what I learned was that everybody's first reaction is to give you the most negative impact. And at that point, it talks us all out of what we were looking to solve. And I think the biggest thing here was that we're actually, as entrepreneurs, we are trying to solve a problem. The difference is, is that do we have what it takes to solve those problems? And if you go back to when this problem originated in your mind and you went and talked to those people, uh, can you walk us through, one, what was the first thought that said, I need to go talk to them? Why am I validating this? And why did I go to them to validate it? And now take it forward to where you are today. What would you have told yourself 10 years ago when you were doing that? What would you have changed differently? So, uh, you know, there is a scene uh, in, in Hindi, which is in India, which says that uh, it's a Doha. So it says that Guru Gobind Dono Khade, Kake Lagupai, Balihari Guru Dev Ki Jo Govind Deo Dikhai. Now, let me translate this for you in English. So it says that when you have God and your teacher, both in front of you, you would first bow down to your teacher who gave you the road to reach God. Now, even if I would move back 10 years in time, I think my mindset would not change to have a mentor to guide me on my next step. Because I feel how much ever I understand things, how much ever I've been mentoring so many entrepreneurs, not only in India, but globally now, I feel every person, even a mentor needs a mentor or a teacher to guide them. In fact, there's been a study which says that if you have a mentor in your entrepreneurial business or your any business, your success increases threefold. So I feel that I would have still gone back, but maybe this time to the right set of mentors, or maybe this time I would have persevered more. Here, I think I reached out to say around five, six mentors and I gave up pretty soon. Maybe I would have reached out to 25, 30, 40, 50 people unless and until I would have got the right person who is ready to back me and then I would have taken. But I'm sure I would needed one mentor whom you know I could look up to uh, at least as a sounding board and not only in my times of difficulties but also in my times of prosperity but as a sounding board. So yeah, even 10 years back, I would need a mentor. Which I think is um, valuable. And I love the saying that you guys uh, have used because I agree 100% that um, you're always looking for a great teacher and a great mentor. But there's also a starting point where you have to overcome your own anxieties, your own shortcomings, because you're going to do something that you don't really know a lot about, which is entrepreneurship or challenging somebody. So if I was to analyze you today versus you then, because I would be analyzing myself in the same picture, of course, for the things that I tried and walked away from, is that what I would have told myself today that I didn't tell myself then was, why are you stopping this? Because people are telling you you don't belong, that's the reason you belong. Because right. they're trying to create walls and they're trying to create barriers around their good thing. 
And what I've learned over time is that when you're onto something good, nobody wants to tell you you're doing the right thing because that means you're impeding and encroaching on somebody else's space or there's a misalignment of understanding. So I tell myself, what would I do today that's going to change how I would have done that tomorrow? Because my brain is always going at, I need to challenge status quo. Status quo is not correct. Correct is what makes sense in my head. And what's going on today is not right. So I need to figure out how to fix that. So we're always fixing and building. But what I, what I loved about your story was that even though you, you took the different path, we probably all think, oh, that was terrible. You lost a huge opportunity and all of this is gone. But I actually think that the path you took was the correct one. And maybe it wasn't the right business for you to get into. Who knows? That We could all argue that one forever. But what I think you got out of it was you, you found the desire to work inside of financial banking. You made connections. You probably met a ton of people. Uh, you made some dollars, what then allowed you to support yourself going forward as an entrepreneur. And you learned process. You learned how to work in big business, how to work with big business. And all of that experience now brings you into a space where you are today. So maybe you can share a little about this great stuff that you learned, because I think what you did in business shaped you today and has allowed you to be even better of a coach and mentor to the people that you work with. So maybe there's a couple of things that five things that really stood out from your learning. Uh, Maybe you can share some of those. Surely. So before I go to the five uh, things that I learned, I would like to uh, narrate an incident. So I was invited at one of the premium uh, 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 premium colleges of India, called as Bits Pilani. Uh, so I was invited there as a speaker. And since uh, it was supposed to such a long flight and it, this thing was supposed to happen the following day, I reached a day prior. I was surprised to hear this from the organizing committee there that they hosted me in a guest house where they have hosted only seven people till date. And one of them was the president of our country. Uh, And they said the reason why we are hosting you here where we hosted a president of our country in this guest house is because he has created impact and a positive impact to the country. And so have you done. So they said that, you know, we also, we are aware of your story, how you started off. And they said that if you would have been into the cab business, maybe you would have made those thousand crores by now. But by being into Chatur Ideas, you have impacted thousands of, or maybe lakhs of entrepreneurs in the country. And they are like, the goodwill that you have got is much pricey, is much uh, pricier than what you would have made money by being into a business like that which also gave me an insight and said that I'm so happy that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing today because this has created more goodwill, has impacted more lives, has created more employment, has created more money for the country, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I would have been trying the uh, cab hailing app. I would just made money for myself. So I think what you mentioned, I could just relate an incident and it really uh, fits in there. So maybe a few things that I learned, I learned, in fact, many things here. Uh, so while I was in my entrepreneurial journey, I, I realized what it takes to be on the other side of the table. So while I used to be managing the clients, now I understand while I start my own business, I'm not only my first boss, but I'm also my first own employee. I need to do everything right from scratch to the top level. So when I started off, I think everything right from managing the most basics which were taken care of in my company. I had an operations team, I had a legal team, I had an HR team, I had everything that was taken care of. I was a part of the assembly and hence the output was there. Here, I had to be the entire machine right from the scratch. So that is something that uh, framed me or shaped me into being a better person because the hurdles that I went through, the challenges that I went through makes me really happy. In fact, when I started off, Chatur Ideas, my aim was in the next five years to work with only 250 startups. But I have already worked with over 1,050 uh, in the last six and a half years. So I have more than four and a half times crossed the milestones I set for myself because I realized once you're in the momentum, you start keep doing things. So the other thing that I realized that the harder you work, the better is the output. And in fact, if the smarter you work, the much better is the output. 
So initially, my first one and a half year was a lot of hard work where I used to devote close to say 17 to 18 hours every day only on the business, only on the startup. For me, I, I used to think nothing, even I used to dream only about what's happening, what's going to happen tomorrow, every day, very happy, very excited. And today, I see that I've moved in a lot of smarter things, which helps me to make things much faster. The smarter thing, like, for example, earlier, what we did, what I did when we started off was the hard work was I used to reach out to people and keep building the blocks. The smarter thing I did was after a year and a half into existence and acquired a company, uh, which is called Nurture Talent Academy. It was the first institute for entrepreneurs in India, which have trained around 34,000 entrepreneurs in 125 plus cities across 450 institutes. I thought if I acquire this company, my reach to entrepreneurship becomes much faster and much wider. And this would also uh, help me in achieving my goal where I wish to take India on the top five on the global innovation index, where currently we're standing at the 47th number, despite being the third largest uh, startup hub in the world. So that was a smart move, acquiring a company so that you use that as a stepping stone and you move faster. So that's another thing that I learned. Another point that if I want to add that I learned was when I started off, I never thought of a revenue channel. I was with the aim of helping people, helping them grow, because I thought there was a personal problem that I experienced. There is a scope where there is money in it, but never thought how to make money out of it. I just thought of helping people and just achieving my mission. It was more of passion without a monetary angle attached to it. So what I learned over a period of time is that maybe I should have thought of, of my revenue model much in advance and not after, you know, seeing that you know, I'm blowing up the money, but not seeing any money coming in. So that was a little late that I realized that I should create a revenue channel, which came later into existence. Another thing I realized was when you work with something what you're passionate about, the outcome is immense. Rather than people first working, first thinking of a solution and then creating and then thinking of what can the problem be. That's what if you see most of the entrepreneurs are doing today because Entrepreneurship has become a new fad. It's become more glamorous. So people just want to first create a solution and then look for a problem. But, but I've seen wherever entrepreneurs have found out a problem which they have personally experienced and have gone to solve that, the output has been immensely powerful. For example, Uber. We are aware of how Travis Kalanick was waiting for a cab to come in and then he thought of the idea and how it scaled up. You pick up any startup, any successful startup, I think 90% of startups the entrepreneurs have experienced a problem that they have faced and they've seen an opportunity and they've worked on it. So I feel another thing that I've learned over here is that you should work for a problem that you have experienced to find a solution. The cap problem that I was trying to solve, it wasn't a very hard pressing problem for me, but I think there was a problem for which I'm finding a solution. But Chatur Ideas was a problem that I experienced myself. And I thought that if I work towards that, I can have a, I can create a better future, not only for India, but globally as well. So yeah, these are some of the learnings. I can go on for another two hours, but I think I should give myself a stop now. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, and I, uh, I wholeheartedly feel the, the whole side of what you've put together um, because at OPN, we were doing this all as a way to give back. We wanted to find a way to help entrepreneurs succeed. And it was passion. And it's been something that we've been doing for 20, 25 years. I've been working with startups. And it's interesting because the same approach you went into with was, I don't have a revenue model, but I'm going to do everything I can to give back and help entrepreneurs grow and, and build value. And then you start to go back and think, well, maybe I should figure out how I can balance this uh, because this isn't really working. And oddly enough, your goal was to help businesses. And what I, I loved about the points that you brought up is that a lot of those are self-motivating. They're pushing yourself to go a little bit harder. I like the acquisition model, uh, building up brand and building up everything a little bit quicker and faster, but always sticking to the passion and to the goal, which was to help entrepreneurs and to help for the success of these businesses. And then the underlying solution you is you created jobs and you built this in a country that needed it. And it just keeps growing and expanding, which I think is brilliant. So uh, amazing experience. But I, what I want to go a little bit to, which is what is this entrepreneur journey like? Because I think... A lot of people kind of miss 
the understanding of solving a problem and miss the understanding of the passion that gets put in behind a project and what allows for these entrepreneurs to be successful. So like the person you talked about that sold or built this billion dollar company, they had a passion, they had a desire to make change. So how do you determine what you are as a person, if you are an employee or you are an entrepreneur? Is it just come with time? Does it come with experiences? What really defines that? And is there any signs that you can share with all the people that you've worked with in the past, uh, say, 10, 15 years in the startup world? Is there something that stands out that really makes you uh, understand what an entrepreneur is like from yourself, your own perspective, but also from the people you work with? So uh, I feel entrepreneurship is something that comes from within, that cannot be forced upon. So, you know, the mindset that's needed to be an entrepreneur is far different than a mindset, a person who wants to just pick up a job and have a steady income coming in. So, so let me share what all I went through. So when I started off, so from my college days itself, I always knew that I had that entrepreneurial bug in me, but didn't know how to give that a shape. Hence, uh, from the college days that I used to be a part of multiple uh, events, keep organizing new things, trying to create something new and lead that. And I, was, I, should, I would see myself being successful in that. But again, there was always a support system when you are with a group of people. But when you're starting on your own, you're completely alone where you need to put in your own money. You have to put in your own efforts. You have to build in the systems. You have to ensure that you hustle like a startup, but at the same time, maintain the timelines of a corporate. So it's a combination of a lot of things that comes into making an entrepreneur and creating a successful startup. So while I started off, there were a lot of hurdles. Hurdle number one was people wouldn't take me seriously because I was pretty young. If you look at most of the VCs, in India, of course, things have changed now, but all of them were above the age of 50, 55. They were there weren't any young VCs, there weren't any young people in the startup ecosystem who were leading that. So people didn't take me that seriously for maybe able to help them in building their business. So getting my first hundred customers was the biggest task that I had to face. But I need to keep pushing myself. I, I need to keep motivating myself. I need to every day get up, dress up and show up that, you know, boss, this is going to be an awesome day. Let's do it. And every day I did, I just, I just told myself that Devish, if you get a rejection, you are learning something. You're, you're, and every slap that you get on your face, it's going to help you bounce back harder. So just do that. And every recognition that I gave, I patted myself that if someone of this age and this background in the ecosystem can build it, it's great. You're doing good for yourself. So I kept motivating, inspiring myself, reading self-help books, and just being charged up daily. And it took a lot of, uh, you know, training your mind than anything else. So, you know, it was 70% uh, the psychology that made me actually reach where I am today, and 30% the efforts that I put in. So a lot of mindful training, like a lot of inspiration, motivation to yourself is very important for an entrepreneur because the first three years are the toughest years. If an entrepreneur can survive the first three years, he has a long, long way to go. Because if you see most of the startups usually shut down in the first three years and anyone who has survived more than three years, the chances of success increases dramatically. So I feel that's a thumb rule that most of the startups usually should keep at the back of their hand that if they can survive the first three years, which is the teething period or the most tough period of their entrepreneurial journey, I think then the growth and the inflection point sets in and then the scale up happens if one knows how to run the business. So that, that's my two cents on what you asked. I love it. And you're right. So much of an entrepreneur's journey is mental. Uh, it's, um, I, I love to give the example of uh, the entrepreneurial journey, journey is like climbing a mountain. And when you go to climb this mountain, there's a lot of paths that you'll take on the base because you're going through the woods, you're working your way up to the mountain base. 
And through that, you're going to get distractions. You're going to go through problems. And let's say that that's the first three years of figuring out what kind of business you're going to have, the direction you're going to go to get to that base. And then as you decide to start to climb, you only have two actual paths to go to the top. There's very rare that you have lots of direction to go up and you have to pick the right one and hopefully you don't get distracted. And that's how you're going to make your journey forward. And I think that uh, it's bang on that there's so much mental places that we get stopped in that we forget that we still got to hustle. We still have to be able to do all these other components that are going to get you moving forward. And when you talk about getting coaches and helping with that, uh, I think that's where those coaches can come in. If the game is 70% mental, then you need somebody there to help push you, help coach you. Uh, And I love the fact that you said that you won't know if you're a business until you've lasted three years. And the reason why I love this is because before I started my first business, uh, real business, is that I had gone to a wedding and one of the uh, um, patrons there, we're talking and he owned a company. And he told me, you won't know you're a business until you've been in business for five years. And I will tell you that that's stuck in my head forever. Oh, year four, I couldn't even tell people I was a CEO of a company. Year four, I was like, oh my God, it's almost year five. I'm, I'm nervous. Am I really a company? And then at year five, it's like everything opened up. And I decided to tell everybody I was a CEO. So it, it's in your mind, you can play tricks on yourself. But I love the fact that it's three years. Let's shorten that time frame down. Survive three years. You can be a company. You can be a business. And it takes... Uh, the mental savvy and the effort, but it takes a lot of people to help move that boat forward. So you talk about mentors, you talk about how to get these exciting components to move forward. How do you look for a mentor? Like if you started, before you started your cab, potential cab company, you went to people to get advice. And maybe those were the wrong people to go to get advice because they were naysayers or negative. But what did come out of it, it was a lot of learning. So those people are actually really good to talk to. Because you got their perspective, which means you could build on that. But who are the people that you need to go after that are going to be your coach or your cheerleaders that are going to help push you forward? How do you find those people and where do you recommend to look for? Surely. So I think getting the right mentor is like getting a right life partner. It's like first you spend some time in your courtship, in your dating period. Once you're sure that she is the right girl for me. You then you propose her and then you get married and then you spend your life happily with her. Now, the point here, I understand why the smile came in, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with the mentor too, I think you need to click with your mentor. And once you've decided that he or she is the right mentor, then you get into an engagement and then take ahead. But how do you figure out who's the right person? How do you actually know? Is this the right person that I should actually make the first move towards? So there are multiple ways that one can do that. One best way is you need to first understand where you're lacking. So if you think that you're lacking on the domain, you figure out today LinkedIn has become a good source of getting the right set of people online. You go on LinkedIn, you put in the right keywords and figure out who are the people available. Maybe write an email to them or message them and ask them that this is what you're doing. Would they want to catch up with you over a coffee? If they are interested, they're happy to meet you, go and meet up with them, have a conversation, see how it goes. Always, whenever you enter in a conversation with a mentor, one thing has to be clear, what is in it for him or her? Because nobody is just going to engage with you just because they love your idea. There has to be something in return. A, it can be... Maybe they just want to give it back and they find the right mentee and hence they want to do that. B, maybe they want to have some equity in your company so that they can be part of your growth. C, maybe they want some value for their time that they're investing so that they can help you for that. D, it can be maybe they have a business where your business can be a backward or a forward integration. So hence they have an interest over there. So you need to also figure out why would a mentor engage with you and make that pretty clear on day one so that there is a give and take relationship and hence the bond becomes much stronger. So that is step number one. Another way to find a mentor is there are multiple forums and multiple events that keep happening across the globe. Some are offline, some are online. Be a part of those events. Hear them out speaking. If you feel they are the right 
person for you get an introduction either through a reference or just walk up to them and say this is what i need so in fact many a time when you have the courage to just walk up and talk to a person whom you may feel a little apprehensive because of the stature that the person has in fact that will help you the most because you are first overcoming your fear second the mentor would be really happy because he knows what stature he holds and if somebody has the guts to actually come and talk to the mentor face on face and ask for help that shows so much about the entrepreneur and his ability to perceive to of perseverance and to move to the next level so i think these are some of the ways that one can figure out the right mentor and then engage with the mentor on these parameters and then be with the mentor over your journey having said that you may not have only one mentor in your life there can be multiple mentors so one mentor can be who can help you with your domain one mentor can help you with your marketing one mentor can just be like a coach to you who's actually helping you build yourself while you are starting from the base to actually climbing up the mountain and then reaching on the peak and ensure you stay on the peak so for that you need a coach in your life so it has to be combination of mentors and coaches in your life which help you to scale up and grow hope that justifies your question no that was awesome uh, and i i love the empower people part where you go to them but they need to help you so how do you know that they're actually a mentor does it say on their name uh mentor or do you just go to somebody that's an industry expert that you believe can help you and empower them so that they want to be part of what you're doing and empowering as you mentioned comes through different stages it can come through giving you giving them equity it can be part of uh giving them cash it could give them a job it could be they love what you're doing and they want to help you so empowering is so powerful and it makes people feel part of your journey and i love the last part you said which was help you stay on top of the mountain i think that's really important because as you're working your way up nobody wants to fall off the back end and lose everything they created because they weren't strong or they didn't figure out the right ways to maneuver so i think that's all very uh very amenable and exciting uh share so thank you for that um now you mentioned that these are the tactics that you're going to go for and you're going to look to get this mentor and this person that helps you and just like a, a relationship or a marriage you need to put the time and effort into it what are mentors looking for like what is the thing that's going to get them interested are, are they have to be in the same domain as you because that's where the passion's going to come from uh, you mentioned marketing so if you sell water do you want to find somebody that's been selling water for 30 years that's in marketing what or do you want someone that's selling diesel fuel but brings a different perspective what are you are you trying to get someone that challenges you or somebody that supports you what what kind of mentorship because i think this is important as a as a founder what type of person do i want to have in my life that i'm going to regularly speak with uh that's going to drive me or make this work and and help me overcome problems so 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 there are different mentors with different thought processes so some mentors have their expertise for example their expertise is to scale up so they just they are okay with any business they are sector agnostic but they just want to scale up let me give you an example so the other day i was sitting with uh, a person uh, she is in her early 70s she has already built a huge business and today she is sitting on a pile of surplus pile of say let me convert that into dollars uh, around 10 million dollars so that's the surplus cash that she she's sitting on and she's just looking for startups or companies where she wants to invest that into and mentor them and she is completely sector agnostic what she wants is she just wants a startup where she can put in some money so there is skin in the game and she wants to help them in their operations so her her usp or her plus point or her forte is quality control quality assurance and operations she is like give me any business on this planet and i can scale that up on these three parameters so now this is what a mentor may look for any business but that's the forte the mentor brings on the table and he wants to scale up another type of mentor could be very sector focused so for example i i there is a person who has built one of the well known logistics company of a country and it's a very famous very well to do logistics company 
Now he's only looking for companies which is into the business of logistics, and he feels he can give his domain expertise there, where he can scale up the business to that level. So every mentor has a different expertise, different forte, what he can contribute to the startup. So maybe that answers a part of the question. The other part is, what does a mentor look for? So for the mentor, it is really different. So sometimes it is just that he clicks with the founder and he wants to invest. Many a time, what actually works with an investor and a founder, or a mentor and a founder, or a client and the founder is the chemistry that they build with each other. They need to like the person than the business. So if the mentor really likes the person who is building this business, he would want to go all guns in and support in best possible manner, whether it's through his network, whether it's through his domain expertise, or whether it was through his money. So that's what mentors look for when they really want to engage with a startup or a founder. I love it, and only because we're going to transition shortly. I got a couple of quick questions uh, on side of this mentor side, and but more now shifting into the founder. Um, with the the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride that these entrepreneurs go on, especially early on in that first three years, uh, is there anything that? On the motivation side, so you've got a mentor, which is huge. It's helping you, especially in that first three years. You go out and find a couple of people to support you. Um, how do you manage the ups and downs and the roller coaster of this? How, is this a mentor um, problem that they can solve? But how do you work through that? And then a lot of startups fail. So how do you really work yourself to get to that first three years? What types of things, risks should you take? What, is there any kind of advice you can share on that side? Because I think that first three years is really crucial. And I, I think there is a lot of ups and downs and a lot of failures. What kind of things can you do to help prevent that? Surely. So I feel every entrepreneur should have a two-filter mechanism uh, while they're starting the entrepreneurial journey. The first filter is money and the second filter is time. So let me take an example here. Let's say I started my entrepreneurial journey I'm going to give this journey, say, three years and say half a million dollars. So that is, say, my savings that I am happy to uh, let that go down the drain if my startup does not work. And it, it won't affect me uh, in a very substantial way. Of course, it will affect me half a million is a huge amount, but not in a very substantial way. And I'm going to give three years of my life to this business. Everyone may have a different time. So for some, it may be just one year. For some, it may be just a quarter million dollar or maybe a hundred thousand dollars. So everyone may have a different, but let's take an example here, three years and half a million dollar. I'm going to start with my entrepreneurial journey. I'm going to make a business plan. I'm going to make everything on paper. I'm going to do a market survey. I'm going to see what my customers want. I want to be sure whatever I'm building, when I talk to my customers, are they willing to take all these features? Do they find the features are a little more, a little too less? Take the feedback make the product, number one. Number two, I even crowdsource the pricing from my customers to be sure that what price are they willing to pay. Not just because my product can be compared with the world leader and he's charging, say, 10 times more than what I can actually afford to charge, I would also charge, say, 10 times. I should actually charge, even if I'm able to create a healthy margin over my cost of my product, I should charge that amount if my customers want me to charge that and not overcharge them initially, unless I build a brand and I reach that scale. So my first step would be to reach out to the customers, take a feedback on the product. Second, take a feedback on the uh, pricing. The third step that I would do is, which is a very difficult step and only say 10% people can do it. But if they do it, the chance of success increases dramatically, which is I actually go out to my customers and say that, you know what, you said you like my product. You said you're willing to pay this price. Are you willing to give me a 10% advance for this product before I bring this product to you, say in a month's time? If I'm not able to bring the product to your level, I'll refund back your money. But would you be able to give me a 10% advance so that I'm sure that what you're talking, you mean it and you're just not saying it, you just shoo me away. Because saying no is very simple. Sorry, saying yes is very simple, but saying no, they use the customer, the founder usually keeps pestering the customer to understand why he does not want the product. And that reason to say a no gets into a maybe a half an hour conversation, which is time consuming for a customer. So usually they say yes. And when the founder goes back with the product, 
they say we don't want it right now or we find it too expensive or we already have it so all those reasons start coming in so by taking a 10% advance there are two three things that happen number one you're very sure that your customer is going to really pay the remaining 90% because if invested that 10% he is going to give you the 90% as well number two your customer if he does not want to pay you the 10% he will actually give you the real problems in your business which you need to work upon and build a solution number 3 it's human psychology the pain of losing 10% is higher than the gain of getting 90% let me give an example here if i have a wallet today in my wallet uh, i'm saying digital wallet i have say $100 or say even a $10 for that matter and if it's, it says the digital wallet is going to lapse tomorrow the entire money if i don't spend it today i'm sure i'm just going to get on amazon or any other uh, online shopping and spend the 10 dollars why to waste it because it's there with me in my wallet but on the contrary if i'm walking on the road and if i found a say even a 100 dollar i may not want to pocket it and maybe help it to someone in need because that's not my money so as a human psychology the pain of losing 10% is higher than the gain of getting 90% so with that psychology anyone who's paying you the 10% would not want to lose the remaining 90% would pay you that and use your product and would not just show you away by giving you the 10%. And the last important point that I feel that as an entrepreneur apart from being strong on integrity the other aspect that one needs to have is to be a good salesperson. He should be able to sell an ice to an eskimo. So today when you're able to sell your product to somebody without it being launched talks a lot about your personality talks a lot about your sales skill which is very important in an entrepreneur. So I feel that is the first few steps that an entrepreneur needs to do. Once he's sure on this base, then he keeps a filter of time. So in the next three years, if I'm not able to achieve even seventy percent of what I've planned for, maybe I should take a step back and rethink, or maybe quit entrepreneurship and get into a job. Maybe it's not meant for me. Let's not just force myself to be an entrepreneur. Simultaneously, if I have blown over my entire money of half a million dollars. and of not reached even 70% of what i've planned myself with this half a million dollar maybe i should step back reassess or quit this and pick up a job and maybe come after 4 5 years and see if i'm fit to be an entrepreneur then just not get forced into being an entrepreneur just because you started off let the ego not take the better of you so i think these are my few advice to any newbie entrepreneur before they start the journey uh, those are amazing i i love the 10% advancement it forces everybody to get on the same page it helps you line up a customer and it actually helps you generate some dollars so i think that that is a, a great way i love the the story to that it makes a lot of sense it really will help an entrepreneur and of course the planning side taking that time to plan out how much money am i willing to spend how much time am i willing to drive on this uh, i think that's a great way to start it puts you into the right frame of mind and also it it allows you to understand what your goal is how hard do i got to hustle and how hard am i going to push myself uh, so that's brilliant um all of it i think the way you just shaped it it really helps kind of encompass what it takes to be an entrepreneur and i think the bottom line to the whole thing that what you just said was sell 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 learn how to sell uh, i find that you got a 97% chance that businesses are great builders but they forget to learn how to sell and if you can't sell your product's not going to go anywhere so i think that's some great advice um kind of your next next steps is how do you work your way through the scammers the people that are naysayers the the negative side of the business how do you get yourself through that and and what ways can you work around that it's you know i think everybody goes through business and they say oh you got your stripes you got sued uh i i those are things were all the dirty things that i just didn't like about starting a company so is there any ways that you can red flag stuff before it happens so that you can avoid it as much as possible So if I get your question right, uh, I use I am trying to ask that how do I avoid negative people? How do I avoid people who just don't have the faith and want to pull the founder down? Is that right? That part and the people that are coming in and take your money but not helping. So it's kind of that whole side of that. How do you avoid those things? What are the red flags that should say stop? You need to go for. Don't stay here. You're in the wrong spot. Okay. So. Uh, I feel that is something. So if if you if I get a question right, you're saying people who come and just take your money who are not helping you, and you are 
you realize that you're just your money is just going but you're not growing anywhere is that right correct so so i think in that case maybe one needs to understand that if somebody takes some money and goes away and you're not going anywhere it can happen once twice thrice anything beyond that is not coincidence maybe it's the red flags to start coming from the third instance or the fourth instance you start building in more caution and maybe by the 10th or the 11th time so of course you need to understand what is the stop loss so i i, I don't know i don't understand i i am not sure how many people who would be listening to this uh, would know how trading happens but for people uh, who understand trading whenever you take a trade there is a target there is a stop loss and you and there's a money management so you know if you are putting in you have 100 bucks with you you are not going to deploy more than say uh, 10 bucks into a single trade and you are not going to have your stop loss which is going to be more than say 2 to 5% of your overall corpus right on the worst case scenario likewise while you are into your business you need to understand what is the corpus that you are willing to let go you need to understand that what is the max so what's the overall corpus and what is the part you are allowing to let go once the 50% of that is going off and you are understanding those are negative people who are just coming and just getting your money and not going anywhere in life you need to start getting your red flags on so maybe you can divide that bucket into 20 instances maybe up to the fourth instance you get more alert fifth more up till 10 you should be sure you should be out of it and the remaining 10 is your buffer so you know sometimes people just say you know the 11th may be the better one the 12th may be better one so have a buffer but by the 10th you should be absolutely sure and just get out of that and you should know this is not the place for me maybe i'm able to give justice to the question yes no i like that uh, using the trading example you're protecting yourself but also being alert enough that when these problems are occurring you're figuring out how to solve them but if they keep happening you need to pivot you need to change but paying attention to how much you're losing and trying to protect yourself so don't deploy it all in one spot and break that up and i think that goes for all the problems that an entrepreneur will face they're going to face a lot of them and it's figuring out which ones you need to attack which ones you need to let go but protect yourself through process policies governance right. new things that will help support your business while deflecting and removing the pieces that aren't working so i i think that's a great analogy and uh uh I would say that I didn't know that the 2 to 5%. So I think that that's great. The hold back. That's uh that's good. Um okay, so I think I, I, we could talk for hours on all this stuff. There's so many things about what it takes to be entrepreneur and and how you can grow as a business as an individual through mentorship and through building your business and and really growing and climbing that mountain. So the one last question we're going to go into just before we finish up with the rapid fire questions is can you give us a quick story of what you found with an entrepreneur and what it took for them to be an entrepreneur and just kind of that heartfelt story that she or he went through that just blew your mind that you had no idea they were going to make it you thought this company was done and they just pulled it off and built a successful company any type of story that crosses your mind that uh, you can share so this uh, happened with me uh, i think in the year 2017 so there were these three entrepreneurs who reached out to me uh and they said that you know we need your time we have seen a product uh in uk and we think we want to build that in india so we just want your time so of course they had been following up with my team for a while and maybe after say 30 35 days finally i i was able to give them some time they came to the office they discussed with me the idea so i said you know what whatever you guys are planning to do right now uh, a lot of people are doing that and according to me uh you need to build a very strong tech platform to create this difference so they said that you know we are ready to do that you just tell us how to do it so i said fine enough uh, if you want me to engage with you these are my terms and conditions but let me be very clear with you uh i feel the chance of success of this business is just 2% and 98% will fail uh the only difference that can come is a tech b you as founders have to give your heart and soul into this you have to just follow blindly what i'm saying and if you can do that uh, you will achieve success but i still doubt that you will fall into that 2% chance of being successful 
So they said that, you know, we have heard a lot about you and we feel that if you are there to guide us, I think we'll be in the 2% category. We, you just give us a yes. You just be ready to uh, uh, onboard uh, us as your portfolio company and we'll do the remaining. So, you know, I, I like the passion and I, I wasn't sure if these guys could really pull this off or no. And to my surprise, uh, they started off at zero. As we speak today, uh, they have got two offices in India with a team strength of 40 plus employees. They have built the tech product. They have already reached $2 million. They have a valuation of $22 million as of date. They have already got an offer from Google Home Automation to acquire them, which they denied because they feel they can go much higher. And they have built it into a success story. So they actually fell to that 2% where I was really impressed because they really hustled very hard. They followed everything to the T, what was asked to do. They used their dedication, their hard work, their smart work. They built the technology. They followed the mentor, which in this case was me. And they did everything that was needed to build this. And they wanted to follow the 2%. They were highly motivated, highly inspired to do what they want. And this was a really beautiful case study in my portfolio companies where I wasn't confident of them falling into the 2%, but they were confident if they had the right guidance and they really took it to that level. So yes, bang on, there was a story that you talked about and it really happened. Ah, that's amazing. And maybe the, the, them falling in the 2% bucket was that extra little drive that they needed to be successful. So Kudos to you for uh, for seeing what the opportunity was, labeling it, and then helping them be successful. That's pretty amazing. I love the story. Okay, we're going to go into some rapid-fire questions just because we're getting really close to the end. And uh, right. so far, it's been amazing. So first question, founder or co-founders? Co-founders. Unicorn or four-year, 10 times exit? Unicorn. Tech or CPG? Brand or tech? Both. <laughs> AI or blockchain? AI. First time founder or two to three times founder? Two to three times founder. First money in or series A? Series A. Angel or VC? Angel. Board seat or observer? Observer. Safe or convertible note? Convertible note. Lead the investment or follow? Follow. I like it. All right. Now we got a couple of those last questions. They're not as rapid fires. <laughs> How many companies <laughs> do you invest in per year? Five to seven. Any verticals you like to focus on? So for me, the founder and the team makes a lot of difference. So for me, the 70% emphasis is on the team and the founder and 30% on the business. So for me, if I get the right team, the right founder, my money is on the table. Uh, if however good the idea is, but if I'm not confident on the execution by the team, my money is not in there. So I bet on the jockey, not on the host. Okay. Any preferred terms, perhaps shares, common, safes? So, of course, apart from preferential shares that I would like to go ahead with, uh, my other terms that I want is that I don't want the entrepreneur to dilute more than 51% of his stake in the company. So, he needs to have the major control in terms of stake and the board seats because if his interest is there, I know my money is there. So I usually take an exit once it enters a series B and beyond where his equity starts diluting in. Uh, of course, the value of the lesser equity has more, but I also have seen with my experience, the involvement of the founder is not as heavy as it is in this initial years. So for me, the founder's stake has to be always higher. And till that is there, my money is in the business. Once I see that diluting out, I also pull out my money. I love it. I love it. Uh, favorite part of in investing? Uh, I think that is spending time with the entrepreneurs and understanding their psyche, understanding their 
thought process of scaling up their business. So every entrepreneur has a different thought process, but I think that is something that excites me the most, spending time with them and helping the business grow together. All right, I love it. All right, last last three questions on the personal side, and we're, we're almost there, but thank you. Uh, favorite sports team? Uh, so when you say favorite sports team, uh, in, in what sport? Any sport, you, whatever you think is the best. So I think cricket and India. Okay, perfect. Favorite movie and what character would you play in the movie? <laughs> That's a, uh, so, so there's a movie called Guru. I'm not sure if, if you're aware of that. Uh, so it's, it's on the life of uh, Dhirubhai Ambani, who is the founder of Reliance Industries. Uh, currently, it's Mukesh Ambani who is managing that. So I think my favorite movie is Guru. Very inspirational, very motivational. And I would love to play the character of the main lead there. Main, all right. You're going to have to send me the, send me the link to it. I'm going to watch this. I'll, I'll share with you. Okay, awesome. Uh, last question. What is your superpower? Uh, good one. So I, I think my superpower is the way I can connect with people. So I, I can feel my entrepreneurs. I can feel my team. I can, I can be with them. So the empathy that I can bring and the way I can connect with them, I think that is the superpower or the differentiator that I bring to the table. I love it. It's an amazing skill to have. And I want to say, Nivash, thank you very much for joining us today. As I always do, take lots of notes. Uh, big fan. You've done some amazing things. You're helping an entire country shift their way into entrepreneurship. You provided us with lots of data points on how to be an entrepreneur and how to be an investor at that same account. So thank you very much for all your time today. You were fantastic. And what we like to end our show with is I like to give you the last word, anything you want to share to investors or for startups. Uh, the floor is yours, but thank you again for all of your insights. So thank you, Jeffrey. You have been a wonderful host and it's the kind of positivity I get every time I speak with you is immense. So I think it's, it's great to have a conversation with you. Uh, my last two cents to uh, entrepreneurs before we say a goodbye is, I think there are three things that I look for in an entrepreneur before I decide to invest into his company. It's called as, one is a business plan and the other is the PDF. So when I'm saying PDF, it's not the Adobe PDF, but it's perseverance, discipline, and focus. So I'll spend a minute here before we wind up. So why I focus so much, so my 70% focuses on the entrepreneur and whether he has these three skills in him, uh, the PDF, which is perseverance, discipline, and focus. And why perseverance? So we all know Colonel Sanders who started KFC. I think at, he started at the age of 63, 65, and he had around 1,009 failed attempts before what is KFC today. Thomas Edison had 10,000 failed ex experiments before we could see electricity. That is the kind of perseverance an entrepreneur needs to have. So I spend usually 30 to 45 days with the entrepreneur and have my different ways of assessing that to ensure that he is perseverant enough. He shouldn't make the mistake that I made where I gave up after six to seven attempts. He has to be perseverant enough to ensure that he achieves his dream. Number two is discipline. So, you know, what I've seen is before I invest into any company, or this happens with most of the investors, before they invest into the company, the entrepreneur is working very frugally. He is saving costs. He's saving corners to help his company scale up. The moment he gets the funding in, he behaves like that college student who just got his first job and the first salary and just wants to blow the entire money. So that discipline is something that I ensure that the entrepreneur needs to have. And the third point is focus. Laser sharp focus is very important. In fact, you know, people who actually go to farm and go to catch rabbits, what usually happens is if there are six rabbits and you're running behind one, the other one comes closer to your leg. And you, when you're about to hold the other one, you see that the first one moves away. And then you move on the first one. This way you keep running for the next 30, 45 minutes and there's not a single rabbit into your basket. But if you focus on one, and in fact, you enter into the bush as well to just get the rabbit in your hand, you'll ensure, you'll see that 
all the six rabbits are into a basket in the next 15 minutes so that's the kind of focus that one needs to have but usually what entrepreneurs do is every time they see something new coming in they just want to jump into that and they forget the goal or the vision with what they had started their business so i think a laser sharp focus is another thing that is very important so yeah the pdf is there i think that's my two cents that every entrepreneur needs to have that helps them in scaling up the business dramatically and even investors feel more confident investing into those businesses Devesh, you're very inspiring. Those are awesome. I'm going to use the PDF. That's brilliant. I love it. And you're right. Focus, discipline, and perseverance really can make and shape anybody. Thank you very much again for all your time today. Uh, I learned a lot, and I'm sure everybody else will, but thank you. That was awesome. Well, that was amazing. Uh, lots of learning there from uh, Devesh. I think, man, learn so many different things. I love the last one that he talked about on the PDF side, perseverance, discipline, and focus. Huge, huge. Uh, I, I think every entrepreneur should work off those three things. They really make a big difference. And of course, you know, as an entrepreneur, the risks that you're going to take and the things that you need to do, he came up with some uh, great opportunity there by sharing like 70% of its mental and 30% effort. Do a lot of planning, figure out how you're going to become that, that entrepreneur and how you're going to move forward. Um, I think as a coach, as a mentor, find the right people that get around you. I think all of those things make a big difference. And he shared so many great stories and, and great uh, analogies that really can help uh, an entrepreneur think a little bit different about the journey that they're going to go on, but also making sure it's set up for success. So again, thank you everybody for, for joining in today. It was uh, well-received uh, and a great job. So, so excited that uh, we had that conversation. So thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or in Stitcher. You can also check us out at supportersfund.com or for startup events, visit opn.ninja. Thank you very much and have a fantastic day.